The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture, and find food truth. And today I'm delighted to welcome Eleanor Starmer. Eleanor is with a very special initiative at the USDA. She is the coordinator of the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food initiative. She has a special title, which is Special Assistant to the Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs. She holds a master's degree in agricultural science and policy from Tufts University, and she actually has a dual major in developmental economics. So we have a lot of good information to talk about with regard to agriculture and our national policies. Eleanor, welcome. Thank you. Well, I'm delighted to interview you because we've known each other for several years and talking about food policy issues. And now you're in Washington, D.C., and you're working on this initiative. What led you to be interested in a Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food initiative? Well, I was lucky enough to fall into this initiative. It was created uh, in 2009, and I just started at USDA uh, in September of 2011. So it was already well up and running when I got here. But I was just very excited that this initiative even exists at USDA. I think it's a tremendous example of the way that government can collaborate and work more effectively to serve a particular part of the industry. And in this case, we're talking about the folks who are involved in local and regional food production, whether it's a farmer or a small business entrepreneur or a consumer who's really interested in finding out more about their food. Well, when you go to the website, and we should let everyone know that if you simply Google Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food, it's going to come right up, and you're going to get an exhaustive list of resources. And just for example, you will probably have your favorite areas that you want to talk about, but there's a new component to this website, and it's called the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food Compass. And there's a map, and this is, I love this, right? You can click on dots on a map, and so you can find your state, and you can find out what kinds of grant programs have been started in your state, who's received grant funding for what purpose. Um, How did this get started? That's a great question. Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food, since 2009, it has pulled together people from across USDA. We have 17 different agencies here, and Congress has endowed those agencies with various responsibilities, but a lot of times you have an issue where a bunch of different agencies play some role in dealing with it. And certainly in the case of local and regional food, various agencies have some resources to to support those folks. So the initiative pulled together those people and helped them find ways to coordinate and publicize the resources that USDA has to support local food systems. That was the beginning of the website. And on the website, there is a grants and loans page that I just love. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally know how difficult it is sometimes to navigate USDA's website. There's so much information. Um, But this is a one-stop shop for people who are interested in finding out the kinds of grants and loans and other resources that we have that can be used for local food system work. So we identified an initial list, and it's not comprehensive, but it's a, it's a good portion of them. 
of 27 grant and loan programs that are being used by people in the field to do work around local and regional food. If you click on those links, it has a very easy-to-understand explanation of who's eligible and the kinds of things that can get funded. And then it's got an example of a local or regional food system business or producer or community group and how they've used that grant or loan. That was a wonderful resource, but we wanted also to be able to tell the stories of some of the many people out in the field who are using these resources in a more comprehensive way. So last year, the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food Task Force, which is this group of folks from across the different agencies, began to develop a document that we called the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food Compass. And we called it the Compass because it's a navigational tool to help you find your way through all of USDA's different programs and resources, and to see videos and photos and read case studies of people who are using those resources and what they're doing. The complement to that report is this map, and it is, I think, the first time that we've really tried to pull together as much data as we can gather on who's getting these grants and what they're doing with them and really map it out in a visual way. Yeah, I love this. It's, I love visual tools, and I love to see where the different programs are located and what people are doing with them. Were there some stories that jumped out at you? I'm assuming that you are responsible in some way for getting this information posted. Yeah, so I was kind of the, the narrator of the compass. Um, the task force put together a whole bunch of information, and then I tried to pull it together into one um, comprehensive narrative, which was really fun. I got to go out um, and talk. Well, I unfortunately didn't get to leave D.C., but I, I did get to call on the phone um, a number of the people that we profiled in the compass document. And I also got to talk to some of the USDA field staff that are working with those folks about the kinds of projects that they're doing. But the map is so cool because you can focus in on your community and you can click on the dots and you can get information about the kinds of projects that are being funded. And, you know, I, knowing I was going to be speaking with you today, I went online um, onto the map and started clicking around Missouri, where you're based, mm-hmm. and just found some really cool stories. I feel like every time I look at it, something else pops out. Mm-hmm. But I was noticing, you know, the ways that the University of Missouri received a specialty crop block grant, which comes through USDA, and they're looking at whether you could grow green beans out of season in Missouri if there would be consumer interest and the way that they would grow those green beans is in high tunnels, or otherwise known as hoop houses. They're these temporary greenhouse structures. Mm-hmm. So what's cool is that another agency in USDA, the Natural Resources Conservation Service, actually funds the construction of those hoop houses. And in the last two years, we've funded almost 300 in the state of Missouri. So that's kind of an example of how the map can help you figure out how People are piecing together different programs at USDA to really create a more comprehensive and stronger local or regional food system. I think it's terrific. And I also think it's good for people to know where their tax dollars are going, you know, to help you see, well, gosh, this is a wonderful way to help our local food system grow. And these are my tax dollars at work. So tell me something. Now, I've seen the data on local farmers markets. There is no doubt that There are lots of different messages on this site, like every family needs a farmer. Do you know yours? I love that. And I think there's been a real hunger for a reconnection to the people who grow our food. And I give the example of the exponential growth in farmers markets. When I come to this site, then I can also find farmers markets all across the country. Is that correct? 
So at the moment, you would have to click. We do have a resource page that will direct you to our Ag Marketing Services National Farmers Market Directory. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a separate map. It's got all of the farmers markets. You can search by zip code. And you can also identify the markets in your area that accept SNAP, otherwise known as food stamps, and other nutrition benefits. However, we are updating our map, the Know Your Farmer map, On a regular basis, the next update is probably going to come in June. And at that point, we're going to be adding a lot more data to give some context to the projects that we've got on there right now. So at the moment, the only thing that's on there is projects that have been funded by USDA. Some of them are farmer's markets, but there are obviously many farmer's markets out there that have never received support from us. So in June, we're actually going to be adding all of the farmer's market data as a layer onto the map. So then you can really see how everything fits together a little bit better. And we're also going to be including data such as the small and very small meat processing facilities, which another agency of USDA has a map on that. So we're really going to be putting it all together to give you a more comprehensive picture of what things look like in your community as far as USDA is concerned. That is a wonderful addition because I can tell you in speaking with farmers locally, they often ask, do you know where I can find a small meat processor or in particular a small meat processor that is certified to handle organic meat and poultry? And so I think that what this will do is give not only consumers a tool, but also farmers a tool to better enable them to provide local food to local consumers. That's a great example, and I'm glad you raised it because it gives me an opportunity to talk about one outcome of the Negger Farmer Initiative. So as I said, the idea was we bring together all these folks from across USDA who are working on local and regional food, and it gave us a space to have outside speakers come in, to have groups come in and talk to us about the challenges they were facing in developing a strong local food system, Um, and it gave us a place to try to coordinate to address those problems. So one thing that we heard from many people around the time that the initiative started was that it was really hard for meat producers to find local processing plants. And we also heard that it was difficult for some of the smaller plants to navigate USDA's food safety regulations. So we created a couple things. The first was there's a guide on the USDA website to all of the processing facilities. But at the time, it was pretty difficult to navigate. You couldn't search it. It was alphabetized by name of the facility, not by geography. So it was just very difficult to find things in your area. So we took that feedback and we made that database searchable by you know state, by zip code, by type of animal that they process. We also created something called the Small Plant Help Desk, and this is an actual person or group of people that a small meat processor can call and say, listen, I want to get started or, you know, I'm, I'm already up and running, but I'm having some difficulty navigating this one part of the regulatory process. Can you help me figure out how to do it? So, you know, I was just on the phone the other day with a guy who's up in Washington State, And he has always been really passionate about making sausage, and he wanted to make it from producers that he could go out and meet and see how they were raising their animals. And he actually called the small plant help desk and said, I want to start a small sausage processing facility. And they walked him through the process, and he actually said, and you never hear this, he said, I had a really excellent experience working with the USDA food safety folks. And he's up and running. He's running a sausage processing facility out of his garage in a suburb of Seattle, and he is fully USDA inspected. So when he sells his sausage wholesale, it has the USDA seal on it. Wow. That is 
of service of great need. And I think, too, just having somebody in a chair with a phone that you can talk to is powerfully important. I hate calling government offices sometimes. You know, you get on this sort of trajectory where you're hooked into one and then another, and then you get a message machine, but you've found a way with this initiative to actually connect people with people? Yeah. We're doing the best that we can. There's obviously a lot more that we can do and need to be doing. But I think as a place where the Know Your Farmer, there's an email account. I check it every day. You will get me. And then we have this task force, and we bring in folks who are interested in talking to us about the challenges. So there is actually a place for us to receive feedback and help coordinate. Okay, let's say I'm now in a school and I'm a food service director and I want to get more local food into my cafeteria. Is there something for me at the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food website? Absolutely. So there are a couple different things. On our resources page, there's a link to our farm to school team. And there's also a whole chapter in the Compass document specifically about farm to institution that has all of the different grant and loans programs that folks are using to develop farm-to-institution programs. So I would highly recommend that anyone who's interested read the farm-to-institution section and then go and explore the resources that we have through the farm-to-school team. So this is an initiative that was started as part of Know Your Farmer, and it's a coordination between the Food and Nutrition Service and the Ag Marketing Service because both of those agencies play a role in school food procurement. So anything we want to do on farm to school, we want to make sure that those two agencies are talking to each other and that it doesn't create more problems for the schools. So that team actually went out. They went across the country. They talked to 15 different school districts that are doing farm to school about what was working, what wasn't working, what the you know remaining challenges were. And then they put out a guide to help school food service directors and farmers navigate the development of those programs. So, again, it's a great resource, and I'd really recommend that anyone who's interested explore that. So will this enable a school food service director to find a local farmer and vice versa? It does not have that capacity right now. Those relationships are, you know, to try to do that for the whole country, I think, would be fairly difficult for us. However, the many state departments of agriculture, because there's so much interest now in farm to school, are helping school food service directors find local farmers and creating tools by which you can identify the farmers that are in your area and what kinds of products they are producing. That sounds wonderful. Now, let me just take a break and let our listeners know that we are speaking to Eleanor Starmer. She is the Special Assistant to the Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs at USDA, and specifically, she is the coordinator of the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food Initiative. And we are talking about an amazing new website that has more tools and resources than we are going to be able to cover in a half hour. However, One section jumped out at me because this has sort of been the buzzword for the year, and that is food hubs. What is a food hub? That's a very good question. And, in fact, I was relatively unfamiliar with the specifics of food hubs before I started this job. A food hub is, it's definitely a buzzword. You're hearing it a lot more these days, and that's, you know, there's been tremendous growth in the number of food hubs around the country. But the idea is if you are a small or a mid-sized farmer, 
you have limited options in terms of where you're able to market your product just because of the volume that you're able to produce. And this is especially an issue for mid-sized farmers because oftentimes they're too big to rely entirely on selling directly to a consumer like at a farmer's market, but they're too small to compete in just your regular old wholesale market with some of the larger farmers. Mm-hmm. So the idea with a food hub is it's a business that aggregates product from a lot of different farms. It, sometimes the farms deliver it to the central warehouse. Sometimes the warehouse actually has capacity to go out and pick up product. But the idea is it's a business that aggregates and distributes and markets food from local and regional producers to you know a wholesaler or a retailer or an institutional buyer. But the idea with the Food Hub is that there is an aspect to it that is about marketing the product specifically about as being a regional or local product. So there's some identity preservation. If, if you're, you know, an institution that's purchasing from a food hub, you'll know the farms that produce the food that you're buying. And that identity preservation really helps people, A, understand where their food's coming from, and B, the farmer get a better price because part of the value of the product is its identity, is where it came from. And so food hubs really play an important role in terms of tracking where the food's coming from, bringing together a lot more product because it's aggregating from a bunch of smaller farms, and then being able to reach much larger buyers because you have the critical mass of food that you need to be able to sell to a grocer or a large school district or an institution that a smaller farm by itself could never reach. So they play a bunch of different roles. They do marketing. They do, you know, they'll have refrigerated storage space. They'll sometimes do distribution. And there's a lot of different business models. It could be a nonprofit. It could be a producer cooperative. But honestly, there's still a lot that we have to learn about food hubs. They need a good business plan. They definitely need startup capital. They need to find year-round supply. They have a lot of needs, and most food hubs in operation right now have been in operation for five years or less. Mm -hmm. So we're still learning the things that work and the things that don't work when it comes to making a food hub successful. So are food hubs, can they be both virtual as well as having the solid infrastructure in place? Yeah, that's absolutely true. So an example of a virtual one would be there is a virtual food hub called Food Hub, (laughs) <laughs> that's run out of Oregon, mm-hmm. out of um, the nonprofit EcoTrust. Right. And in that case, you've got a virtual center where an institution can look and find a bunch of different producers who are supplying what it's looking for and then purchase it all at the same time. So it's kind of like a virtual marketplace, but it aggregates the product of all of those producers and, and gives them access to these much larger buyers. And then, of course, there are ones that are on the ground. In Charlottesville, which is right near, just, just south of here in Virginia, there's one called Local Food Hub. And this is nonprofit. It sources from 60 small and mid-sized farms within 100 miles of the city. It markets that product. It, it aggregates it. It stores it. It distributes it to about 120 customers, including the USDA cafeteria, actually. And so that's an example of a you know very much unvirtual food hub. You know, to me, the whole concept of a food hub really should be under the umbrella of homeland security. Do you see it that way, too? Because if we're feeding ourselves more regionally and locally, I think that we're more a more secure nation. Well, that's a really good example of 
the way that local and regional food systems can do double, not even double duty, triple, quadruple duty in terms of meeting a whole bunch of different goals that are important to us as a nation. So if you have a regional food supply, I think there's absolutely a link to, to food security, but there's also an opportunity for farmers to make a better price because they're closer to the consumer. There's probably fewer steps in the chain. You have an opportunity to to create jobs because in order to process local food, you have to have a processing facility that can, you know, retain the identity and you have to have cold storage and you have to have distribution. And there's all these links in the chain that are really opportunities for businesses to start up and hire people. You have a a way to encourage new farmers to come into the market because, frankly, starting, you know, a traditional farmer is going to be very difficult for a new farmer because it's so capital intensive. I mean, you have to pay for the land. You're talking about, you know, a million dollars in equipment. But starting a smaller, high-value local food farm is going to be an easier way to get into the business. So there's And there's more. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. But there's so many different purposes that it serves, which is one reason why USDA thought it was so important to highlight and focus on this sector. Well, my favorite section of the whole site is the tools and resources section because it's just chock full with something for everyone. So I don't necessarily want to go down the nutrition path, but just to mention that there is a whole section on nutrition information. There's also a SARE Learning Center, which has practical publications for farmers and ag professionals. So, for example, if I want to know how to direct market my beef, I can click right there. It it really is a one-stop shop for everyone. Well, good. I'm glad you're finding it useful. And there's always more that we're adding. So I would encourage people to check back regularly for new resources as they come out, for new blog posts, new stories, and and other grant announcements. Okay. So let's say I'm a consumer and I'm looking for something. I want a connection. How do I provide feedback for a need that I perceive to be that isn't met on this site? So the easiest way is to email me directly, and the email address is its very easy. It's just knowyourfarmer at usda.gov. But there are a couple other ways. We have a Twitter handle and a hashtag that you can communicate through Twitter with us directly, and that hashtag is KYF2 for Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food. Okay. Um, so I would encourage people to connect with us that way. Also, if you go, on, unfortunately, on the Know Your Farmer blog, because it's just a question of how much time we have to maintain it. Um, We don't have comments on the blog, but if you go to the USDA blog on USDA.gov, there is a Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food section, and the comments are open there, so people can also leave us comments there, and we check that regularly. Wonderful. Okay, what do you want to make sure that we pull out of this site? I brought up a few items, but I'm sure you've got some favorites. In terms of stories or in terms of resources? Anything that you want our listeners to make sure and visit. Well, here's what I would like. I would love for your listeners to go to the map and to poke around in their community and get a sense of the kinds of projects that USDA has been funding. And it would be amazing, I think, for groups all over the country to take that data and do something with it that's unique and important to their community. So we made all of the data downloadable from the map. There's a link in the text right above the map that tells you how to download the data. But you can actually download all those projects, and you could create your own map in your community that has a whole lot more than what we're able to put on ours. So one thing I would encourage is just explore it, see what's happening locally, see what's happening in other parts of the country that you might want to replicate, 
and find ways to use that data that's going to assist with whatever your community need is. The other thing I would really encourage is to read the Compass document, because I think more than anything else that we've got on the site, it is a guide to our resources and also some really specific case studies of how people are using it. And, you know, sometimes if you go on a USDA grant site and you read it, it's completely unclear how you might use that grant or loan to further the kind of work that you're doing in local food. The purpose of the Compass is to make it clear how you do that. And so I, I just think it's a great resource and something we're going to be adding to continuously. Well, the design is wonderful. I don't know who's responsible for putting it together, but it's very visually pleasing. There are lots of photos. There are lots of little short bullets so that you don't feel like you're actually on a government website reading reams of just text, <laughs> right? And that was our goal. Thank it, you. It's very consumer-friendly. It's very enjoyable. I'm really, I, I'm kind of a junkie for statistics and mapping tools, mm-hmm. and so I was really interested to look at, I love census of agriculture data, I love to see what states are producing what, and uh, you know, how that contributes to the whole, and then also because I am a dietitian, I'm, I'm interested to know where there are pockets of hunger and how I can connect people to local food. And so I was very interested in seeing the food desert locator map, and how do you find those food deserts? How are they reported to you? So that the map is a project that our economic research service undertook in order to try to get a preliminary understanding of some of the high priority areas. I should say the food desert map is not the comprehensive authority on where a food desert is because it was a definition that we used and many communities might find that there are other definitions that work better for them. So in our definition, ERS went around and looked at communities, urban communities where there's more than a mile between a household and a supermarket and where those households are, um, where there's a significant number of households in the community that are that are below the poverty line and limited access to vehicles. But there are a number of other criteria that we just as, you know, as, as a federal institution weren't able to incorporate. So, you know, I was just meeting with the city of Baltimore, who has put together a really incredible map where they actually went around to all of the communities and looked not just at where the supermarkets were, but also what other markets were there, where their corner stores were there, farmers markets, and what kinds of products were available in those stores. So it doesn't just tell you if there's a supermarket down the road. It tells you, does that supermarket actually have healthy food? Um, so it's it's a more comprehensive view, I think, than something that we would be able to do. But our tool is really a starting place to, to start investigating your own community. I agree. I really encourage our listeners to go online and see what's out there and learn about our agricultural landscape for the United States and, lo- and your own local community. There are lots of things that you can click on here. But the main mission is really to bring people back into their government, isn't it? I remember hearing that description, and I just loved it. It was that we want to make people feel like, you know, this is our government. This is our Department of Agriculture. How can we participate? Exactly. We want it to reflect the work that's going on out there. And and I think the focus on local and regional foods that started with the creation of Nigger Farmer was a reflection of the incredible energy that's out around the country and the growth that we've seen in this market and just how many people are excited about it. It's our job to serve all parts of the agricultural industry. And so, you know, that was going to be a really important piece of it. And I think this map with the data that's downloadable is another example of, you know, we're trying to be 
open and accessible and show you what we're doing and take feedback and, you know, do the best that we can to be good communicators and good partners. I think you're doing a wonderful job. I want to thank you so much for being my guest, Eleanor. We've been speaking with Eleanor Starmer. She is the coordinator of the Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food Initiative at USDA. Her official title is Special Assistant to the Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs. And I encourage everyone to get involved, know your farmer, know your food, and take a look at this incredible map and see what's really out there in your community. I want to remind our listeners that you have been listening to Food Sleuth Radio, which is produced at KOPN Studios by Dan Hemmelgarn in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. Thank you, Eleanor, for being my guest, and thank you, listeners, for joining us.